You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. 20-13 Michigan lead, 8.58 to go in the third quarter here. But breaking NBA news, this came out of absolutely nowhere. The Grizzlies just announced a couple of minutes ago that John Morant is done for the season with shoulder surgery. He has a torn labrum in his shoulder after ongoing soreness. He's done for the year. Brutal. Ten games, and Lost that's season. it. Lost season for Memphis oh, this year. My geez. league pass team two years ago. Yeah. They've been replaced. And three years ago. Yeah, they've been replaced by the Thunder now. And, uh, <laughs> and rightfully sucks. so. The Thunder are great. It sucks, and I mean, I know there's plenty of season to go, but they weren't doing anything this year anyway, so just get them right, you know, because, I mean, that's like the one good thing that you have. That, Jaron Jackson, I like Bain still. but Real quick, Steven speaking Adams, of the Thunder, Chet Holmgren over 27.5 points and rebounds against the Wizards. Ding, oh, ding. Yeah. Every single time a center plays the Wizards, you take the over on points and rebounds. You just do it, auto bet every single time. Wow, it looks like uh, Chet had 31 points. The Only four night. boards, though. Yeah, I know. But he still went over. That's it. I don't it's okay. care. He was in the parlay with Tyrese Halliburton. I knew that was dead as soon as Tyrese left. Oh, yeah. So Tyrese Halliburton is also getting an MRI on his hamstring. No word on what that's going to be just yet. But we do know now John Morant, the breaking news, done for the season with shoulder surgery. And I guess it happened on Saturday, and the Grizzlies just announced that now. So, hey, there you go. Look who just got a run. How about that? that, was Don, that was Donovan Edwards. Oh, was it? I thought that was I think Corm it was. again. Yeah, that was Donovan Edwards. Yeah. Corn, yeah. by the way, uh, 102 yards, so he's going to go over those props. Donovan Edwards already went over his props. Let's get him some more touches here. Getting nervous, guys. Michigan's playing around with their food too much. This I know. should be a three-score lead instead. Seven-point game now. And uh, I'm not feeling too good. I'm not feeling good at all. The live total, 53 and a half. The spread, six and a half. How are we getting to 53 and a half, though? Like, I really just don't. I guess we're at 33 Washington, now. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess Washington. Oh, it just Jesus. feels like these are two. Stopped in the backfield. Here you go. Heavy oh, hitters. Yeah. These All defenses right. are playing well. They, you know, they. it's funny. They are, and this is a good spot. where. What's the total right now before we get to Patrick in a second? And a half. Yeah. It, God, it's still, it's still kind of hanging around in a spot where an under feels like a really good play. But I'm just... I'm just worried that somehow, some way, Washington, yeah, yeah there, there could be a chance that this goes to overtime at that point. All right, Patrick Everson jumps on with us, senior reporter, Vegas insider. Before we get to this game, we do have the breaking news in the NBA. John Morant out for the season with shoulder surgery. So I know you do have some um, insights on the odd shifts at BetMGM after that news came out. Yes, you guys got me all right, by the way. My, you, my audio was a little you. fishy. Okay, good. Great to see you all. I hope you're having a great time at BetMGM National Harbor, where I have yet to go, but I would love to at some point. Um, I'm not, I didn't look at the odds pre, but you know, before this news, as you said, this news came completely out of the blue, but just looking over BetMGM's odds from last week, um, which they'll be probably updating quite, I believe this is from last week. I don't think this is from, uh, from today. Yeah. It was from a few days ago. Um, and look, you know, to Ryan's point, you're not really sure what the Grizz were going to do this season anyway, but right. they were 101 and I'm looking right now at NBA odds and they are 300 to one. So, yeah. Uh, and that, in fact, they are, yeah, 301. 301. Wow. Jeez. You, you guys want to buy in? I'm not buying. I think I'm probably good. <laughs> Desmond Bain is not taking that team anywhere. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's going to be a lost season for them, and it's a tank, tank, tank for the Grizzlies after so much hope for this organization, right? Yeah. That's yeah, a little mm -hmm. bit of a mess. And Pat, actually, I want to ask you, let's go to a wild card weekend, and I want to talk Browns-Texans. Sure. Uh, Browns open as one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um Man, now they're out to two and a half. Total sitting there around 44 and a half. What are you seeing in this game? 
Right. Well, I talked to an odds maker on Sunday night just as these numbers were coming out, and then they evolved obviously very late Sunday night because everything was hinged, you know, some 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 matchups and so forth were hinging on what happened with the Sunday night game. And to your point, the odds maker did open one and a half. Said the market went to my, Browns minus two and a half pretty quickly. And he thinks there's a couple of things at play here. Now, part of it might be a little bit, okay, Cleveland just played in Houston a couple weeks ago and won, but let's keep in mind, as I'm sure the three of you have discussed, that C.J. Stroud did not play in that game. So I think you kind of have to throw that out. What he said is he thinks it's a result of the market not typically trusting a rookie quarterback in this situation. And more so, he said the success rate of a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach is pretty below. So the market tends to bet against that. So... I think that's part of what's going on with that number starting one and a half and and already getting out to uh, to Browns two and a half. What about Dolphins Chiefs? Dolphins yeah. three and a half point dog. Listen, Kansas City hasn't been good all year. We can't really trust mm-hmm. them, but they're at Arrowhead, one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins have lost a lot defensively and have Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert all dinged up. Right. This is just. To your point about Kansas City, yes, this is not the Kansas City Chiefs team that won the Super Bowl last February. But also to your point, Trista, Miami banged up more defensive injuries last night. As the oddsmaker I spoke with on Sunday night said, it's just not the same team. And as he said, he went on to say, when these two teams played in Germany, it actually closed Dolphins minus one. And recall, Kansas City won that game. He said, this ain't that. And it's going to be freezing cold on top of all the advantages the Chiefs have with playing at home at Arrowhead. It's going to be like bone-numbing cold. The wind chill could be below zero if the forecast plays out the way it's showing early in the week. And he said, look, that's not Dolphins weather. You've got a quarterback from Hawaii who's never started a playoff game. Keep in mind that um, Tagovailoa was hurt last year, I believe, when the, uh, when the, when the Dolphins went to Buffalo, right, uh, for, for the playoffs. Yeah. So you've got a quarterback yep. from Hawaii who's never started a playoff game against a guy who's played a zillion of these cold home playoff games. So just doesn't feel like that's setting up well for the Dolphins, even with the Chiefs being much more suspect than they have been in, in previous years. Pat, Week 18 is always weird in the NFL, right? Because you have some games that don't mean anything, and some starters sitting, and then some games that mean everything for teams. And it's it, How did the books do, for one, uh, in Week 18? And as more and more states legalize it, and more and more of the public kind of gets involved, do they maybe, mm-hmm. or do you think at all they will, or maybe you saw that they already did, kind of change their strategy and get a little more conservative in terms of what they offer? Because I noticed there were a lot of games that just didn't have props up, where it was like the Chiefs and Chargers. It was hard to find any props for that game, period, because you just didn't know how that game was going to play out with so many backups and really nothing kind of on the books in that at all. Yeah, I think that's uh, certainly a sure signal that the books are playing it a little more closer to the vest, a little more conservative with so many of these games having varied states of motivation for either team. Sometimes neither team has a motivation, sometimes one over the other. Sometimes the only motivation is to be a spoiler. Hello, Tennessee Titans. The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> yeah. didn't like that. Wow. Yeah. But that, that ended up, I think kind of interestingly, the Titans-Jags game ended up being a key for several different sports books, a few different odds makers that I talked with on, on Sunday. And it wasn't so much because of the game, Nick. It was because of division futures and season win totals. Jacksonville, by losing, there were, the Jacksonville was pretty heavily bet at a couple of different books, BetMGM, I'm sure, among them, to win the AFC South, which is, you don't think it's a gamble. I mean, the team went to the playoffs last year. You could see Trevor Lawrence getting better. You could see this team getting better. And they were 8-3 and three at one point this season. So it looked like that was in the bag. 
And that, again, that was a well-bet team Jacksonville was in AFC South futures and to go over their win total of nine and a half. They end up nine and eight and they don't, and they, and they, so they don't win the division and they don't get over their win total. And the Falcons was a similar situation uh, with the Falcons and Saints. The Falcons were a really trendy, sharp play to go over their season win total. And New Orleans boat racing them yesterday uh, on, the, on the Saints home field. That was another good win for the books. So it was weird. One odds maker said, it's hard to believe we made that much money today. Because he, as he looked at his, you know, the schedule in front of him and kind of like, yeah. I did good here. I lost on this game. I lost to this game. They didn't necessarily do well to enough games to have a winning week. But then all of a sudden, these futures bets start becoming, go back into your ledger. And they weren't yeah. really counting those. So all these, all this futures money comes into their ledger that people have put out on Jacksonville Jaguars futures particularly. And, and, and that made it a, a good day for a couple of different books. Yeah, and I know another good result was the Bears losing outright yesterday just because a lot of people, there was some liability on their win total over seven and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Packers beat them. So now um, I'm torn here because I have some Cowboys NFC futures, but they're going to play my team who <laughs> like a couple weeks ago, they were three and six. They lost to your Broncos, Pat. They lost to the Raiders. Jordan Love was throwing the ball to the other team. Now he looks like the reincarnation of, of Dan Marino and Patrick Mahomes all in one. And the Packers are only seven and a half point dogs against the Cowboys. I feel like Green Bay might be the book need here, right? With Dallas being America's team and at home where they never lose. Absolutely. This is going to be a big need. And in fact, uh, the oddsmaker I spoke with on Saturday or Sunday night about this said, uh, I would be very surprised if we don't need Green Bay outright. Like they're, Ooh. you know, not that they expect to get Green Bay outright, but they think they're going to be all over Dallas. And they're even going to need Green Bay on the money line here um, to, to just, you know, to dispatch Dallas. And I think it's a little bit of a tricky game for Dallas. Um, yeah. You know, Green Bay is uh, Green Bay is playing with house money right now. So, and that's, I think that's always dangerous when you're talking about a postseason game, especially, you know, McCarthy's probably playing a little bit tight. You know, J- Jerry Jones is not, you know, not exactly what I would call committed to this relationship. So, <laughs> but as, as, as far as the game itself goes, the odds maker get, said there was a little bit of debate about whether to open this beyond seven and a half or beyond seven. And they opened seven in the hook. So uh, that was, that was the way that conversation went. But, and as he noted, to your point, Ryan, he said, Dallas plays so well at home. While Jordan Love is a first-year starter and the Packers are super young, so he expects the public to be all over Dallas. And again, they're going to want Green Bay outright come come uh, you know come this afternoon game. And you're going to have money line parlays for the three games on Sunday. You got two sizable favorites early, and the Detroit Lions at home late. That's going to factor into that as well. Yeah, speaking of the Lions, Pat. So I feel like a lot of the public loves the Lions. Everything that they're about, mm-hmm. that offense, both running backs defensively against the run they've been fun obviously dan campbell eating kneecaps and all that and then you got matt stafford going back to the place where he started his career and became really you know a franchise quarterback what is the book need going to be here it's a little tricky so the, the odds maker i spoke with sunday night trista said uh they they opened three they opened three minus 120 on detroit and the reason they did that is they thought three and a half would would invite the wise wise guys on the dog really quickly. The Rams have had a pretty good second half of the season. And he said it's even with the Lions being a popular public team, and if you go all the way back to the middle of last season, their record against the spread is tremendous. He said it's hard to say how the public is going to bet this because he thinks the public has embraced the Lions this year, but also they've been let down by the Lions a couple of crucial times. That said, he said, I think we'll need the Rams to the point I was just making a moment ago. It's a, he said it's a night game in Detroit. He said anytime there are three games, standalone games, and the first two teams are pretty sizable favorites, 
it's pretty easy for the public to put its pub, its money line parlays together. And they're because they're thinking is Buffalo plus Dallas plus Detroit equals profit, right? Yeah. Just like it did on Christmas Day and Thanksgiving Day, right? Yeah, we saw we all saw how that worked out. So yeah, uh, it could be a little tricky there. Hey Pat, how much money or how much was uh, the public on Washington coming into this game tonight? Because it was it felt like a, it was a very public play, and it kind of felt like people started leaning Michigan late. I think people did start leaning Michigan late. You started to see more two-way action, but the public was definitely uh, Washington was definitely the public side. Seamus yeah. McGee at BetMGM just before a little bit before kickoff told me as much as like Washington is definitely the public play. The Sharps have been on Michigan the whole past week, which is yeah. what helped get this number to five and a half. A couple of places even touched six, Nick, but really? you know, briefly. But yeah, yeah. Um, so the Sharp guys pushed it up, but I think there was a little bit of a public push on Michigan as well because they certainly get, the Wolverines certainly get public support, especially at BetMGM in Michigan, as we've discussed many times on this show. But yeah. Washington definitely was the more public play and almost to a book. And I talked to BetMGM and many others. A lot of people had tickets preseason, early season, Washington at like 30 to 1, 40 to 1, 50 to 1 to win the national championship. And that stuff stacks up in a hurry. So they are, Betham Jam is absolutely wanting, they want a Michigan win and a Washington cover. They want to eliminate Washington money line liability, which is substantial, and really the Washington futures liability. Scott Shelton at Betham Jam Nevada told me, uh, look, we need. We, we need Michigan so bad, it's crazy. It's a seven-figure <laughs> swing because oh, of the futures wow. market. I'm with them. <laughs> yeah. If, Pat, I'm with all, everybody if, here needs Michigan, too. Hey. So Yeah, Pat, my, 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 my wife told me, Washington, if they sing Purple Rain tonight, don't bother coming home. <laughs> I made that up. I'll be home, honey. Uh, no, Pat, we got about two minutes. i got to ask you about this one. Okay. So a lot of people are probably mm-hmm. wondering how the hell are the Eagles' only two-point favorites, last year's mm-hmm. NFC champs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. Uh, what are you seeing with that game? I kind of like Tampa. I think yeah. Tampa should be favored. It Then maybe they should be based on the way uh, Philly has played over the last uh, six yeah. weeks or so. And what the odds maker said is that they actually opened two and went to two and a half early. But as you said, it looks like two is the number now. He doesn't think this is going to get to three. So it, 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 this may come back towards Tampa, to your point, Ryan, because as he said, Philly is playing so bad right now. But he doesn't feel Tampa looks 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 great either. And he says, I know people want to bet against Philly, but I don't think the Bucks are the team people are going to want to hitch themselves to. So he's not sure if that's going to happen. He thinks they're going to end up needing Tampa. He said people are going to hold their noses in the wake of these last two games for the Eagles, which were just dreadful results. And they're going to take the Eagles anyway. I don't know. We'll we'll see. You know, all the way to Monday night, we'll see. But uh, um, he also noted a lot of a lot of public following as you get closer to the playoffs. People who haven't been paying attention all season. But they remember that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year, and they think, you know, oh, yeah, that's the really good Eagles team, not this dreadful thing we've been seeing lately. They are they are unwatchable right now, Pat. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. it is unbelievable. Patrick Everson, Vegas Insider. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks, Thanks for Pat. coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Have a, uh, enjoy the rest of your night there. Thank you you as well, sir. 20 to 13, 418 to go in the third quarter. Michigan up on Washington. Still, we got a third and eight coming up, and, I mean, people aren't scoring, yet for some reason, what's the total still at 50 and a half? Damn it, I wish I took the under 56. Felt like a lot more here. Third down for Michigan. Don't this let is a JJ big one. drop back. Don't Just let him do play it. the field Bad position MGM tonight.
I do feel bad. I want Detroit to I, I want Detroit to have success because I just like I would be all on board a Lions Browns Super Bowl because one of those cursed fan bases would be getting something off their back, right? I think that would be awesome. Um that being said, I just think the it's Matthew Stafford, 12 years playing in Detroit, now about to go back to Detroit and play his first ever playoff game in Motor City. He will be he won't be booed by by the Lions fans. They cheered him on the on the way when he won the Super Bowl. I mean, they're not going to cheer for him, but um I don't think he's going to be nervous and I, with LaPorta banged up, 